Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. JB has done an incredible job at redecorating the rugby dungeon. It's getting there, isn't it? Phil, how would you describe this redecoration effort? Uh, it's very good. I'm, I'm very impressed by Jay. I've got my American sports wall, which is pretty, pretty sparse <laughs> at the moment. Behind us, we've got a, a shirt signed by, by, Rob, by Rob Shaw. Sorry, a shirt signed by Rob Shaw, which I'm struggling to say. And I think on display I've got uh, 40 different badges. It feels like a place to do rugby, which is why it was all the more disappointing when, as we walked into the rugby dungeon, JB decided to start a conversation about the 90s chick flick Clueless. (laughs) (laughs) What what was that man doing allowing a predatory son-in-law to hang around his teenage daughter? (laughs) Mental. (laughs) You watched it this weekend, Jay? (laughs) Last night, actually, after a few years. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Uh, right, let's get on with this then. The Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Well, we've had a big weekend of Premiership Rugby. And we're looking ahead to and Pro 12, and we're looking ahead to a big weekend. <laughs> we're looking ahead to a big weekend of European rugby. So from the rugby dungeon here, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast will try and sort you out, we'll furnish you with some of the best rugby action of the last week, and chat about what's to come. Uh, I'm Tim. Phil's here. Hi, Tim. There's JB. Hello, Tim. You can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can listen on the Acast app or listen on iTunes and subscribe there and leave us your ratings and whatnot. We really appreciate it. So, where should we start? Uh, Andy Guter? It's <laughs> <laughs> looking good, I think. Yeah, he's got a new lid. And, um, Did we not discuss this last week? Andy no, Guter? not last week. We discussed it the first weekend of the season. When, um, it, when it was all kind of patchy. And when he, he still had it fresh. long uh, at the back, how Andy Good did, but he just. Why would he change it? It's a winning formula. But he got a change new... a winning team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's interesting. I quite like the fact that. In maverick fashion, Andy Good just didn't never seem bothered. It's like, yeah, I so what. I'm losing it on the front. I'm just going to grow it really long at the back. Yeah, kind of like compensation sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the same amount of hair as everyone else. It's just in different, yeah, in different yeah, proportions, distributed slightly differently. Exactly right. And also, he was a bit of a maverick in the sense that he was like, yeah, whatever. I just uh, I'll wear gloves ten years after they've gone out of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many players left now that wear gloves, but I can't think of any. The occasional winger. Yeah, but he's uh, Andy Good. I, I worked at the Bath game with Andy Good for BT Sport. Where? F- oh, what's he like in person? Oh, he, he's how does he smell? He's every bit <laughs> what you would hope he would be as one of your heroes, JB. Amazing, uh, amazing, and Andy Good. Um, uh, insightful character. Yes, and he, he, he explained the procedure. Uh, now they extract 
individual hairs from the back of your head because that's where you never lose it. If you go bald, you never lose the hair at the very back. And then they just implant it into the front of your head. Hang on. You had access to one of the most technically and strategically gifted minds of a generation, and you wanted to talk to him about hair regrowth, and you've got a full head of hair. You're right, if, if, if I was asking him, it's such an inane conversation. Yeah, fair enough, you've got a point there. The best description of Andy Goode's old haircut, I, I, I saw someone describe it as was a scullet. <laughs> I think I was a South African. What do you mean? It was South Africa, well, as in the South African commentators came up with the scullet, or at least it's, oh, when he was playing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He's had some career. Yeah, he's been France, South Africa, Super Rugby. And he's another one of your heroes, JB. Your rugby heroes who has left the game. Uh, you would say prematurely. So mm. Andy Goode's left. Sir Charlie is retiring. Uh, Jacques Berger is retiring. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Uh, I hope Stuart Hooper gets back from his injury and has a long and illustrious career still in the <laughs> engine room of second row because he's another one of your heroes, JB. Oh, for, and he'll be at the battle for many a year. And I hope, I hope <laughs> Miles Benjamin gets back and fit. Oh, Miles will be fit, ready for Six Nations. But you've got a, uh, you've got a new hero, haven't you? Who's my new hero? Come on. Nev. Oh, Nev! My God, okay, so Nev, yeah. Neville Edwards. Well, for a start, wonderful name, because the last professional sporting Neville was Neville Southall, uh, who actually uh, who actually likes to keep pigeons. <laughs> fact, you Neville Southall. Um, now, what I like about Nev is he's great at going forward. Did you see his two tries? The first one was sublime. Arguably more Danny than him, but still. For sale sharks, oh, this was, in case you missed it. Two, isn't yeah. it? So, well, the, 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 well, back, the background... described it as uh, telepathic. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, you know, suspicions about. <laughs> uh, but the other thing about Nev, which I really like, is under a highball, he looks like a man who's just about starting a thousand-piece jigsaw. He really has <laughs> no idea what's going on. Uh, the, the Nev Edwards background, if you're not aware, he's he was training for free with Sale Sharks in pre-season, impressed in the Sevens tournament, um, and managed to get himself a prof- his first professional contract at the age of 27. 27? Good for him. It's it. It is a really good story, and that's kind of what I like. Yeah, I'll go with that. We've got a massive weekend of rugby ahead, but wh- where should we start in terms of looking at the rugby just gone? Should we start with the best game, in my opinion? Uh, you're talking Wasps. Wasps, Exeter. Oh, yeah, but with no opinion. And also, we, we shouldn't go on with the rugby without saying what a disappointment as England fans... And just Slade. fans of rugby to see Henry Slade with a, a serious suspected How broken... How serious is this? Because I've heard it's a broken leg, but on the other hand, they put him in like a, con- like a compression boot and he walked off on, on crutches. Oh, I just think he's, he's absolutely nails. He's got, he's got a level of toughness we didn't realise Henry Slade had because a broken yeah. leg, you'd think you'd have oxygen. I might, I, I've also heard it's a bone in his ankle, though, rather than a broken... Mm. It looked the very first shot. Which they didn't really do any replays, did they? Because it was so nasty. The very first shot looked bad, mm. um, and he. But he was sitting up, smiling, mm. and you just wonder: is he in shock? Yeah, is, is it that? Because people react differently to. Because that is a major trauma. That is a. It looks a bad injury. Do you know me. what I think should be outlawed? I know they've outlawed the crocodile roll on the neck. Just in general. Well, yeah, no, because the crocodile rule is illegal. They particularly focused on the neck rule in the World Cup. Mm. But, again, I've not seen the replays, but it looked like a crocodile rule. Yeah. And I'm surprised more people aren't talking about this, because there's... there's John numerous, De Villiers. John De Villiers. Uh, Reese Webb. Reese Webb. 
and now Henry Slade, high-profile players. See, I understand an illegal act. When something is dangerous, I understand, and it must stop. When things aren't dangerous, well, it, you know, you just got to crack on. And <laughs> yep. I think it's more a perception of danger rather than rather than actual danger. Rather than actual danger. So they will always penalise anything around the head, despite there being very few high-profile incidents where people get knocked out or that kind of thing. With the crocodile roll, there's been three international class players, uh, one of which could have been career-ending. It just needs to go. Ruck should be able... To, you can push forwards, you can, uh, or you can pull the opposition backwards, but you can't use torque in order yeah. to, to win a ruck. It's the rotation, isn't it? It's, and yeah. then using your body weight, the rotation and the body weight. But that is... That was... A horrible yeah. moment in yeah. a and brilliant game. Otherwise, brilliant game. One of my favourite games of the year. This. Yeah. The way. Well, there hasn't been like in the Premiership. There haven't been many good games. I feel like this is like maybe the first weekend where all the teams are finally over their World Cup hangover. Oh, I don't know. Let's ask Mike Ford that. Ooh, if, yeah. if Bath are. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Now, what Wasps needed here was Christian Wade because they were obviously short of about three or four tries so that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a solution to this not better defence more been, attack have, have we been guilty of talking up Wasps too much no. maybe, maybe along with other people we've been people? guilty of not taking Exeter seriously enough I don't think that's true I think we've been talking Exeter up as potential winners and, def- and, and, uh, and, and our favourites potential top, top four. four we've only said since top to four I don't think anyone's ever said well you for start haven't said, said, that, said they'd win because you said Bath would win I didn't say that they would win I said potential well picking them in the top four I think you're picking yeah. them as a potential winner Winner, aren't you? Yeah, I, I Exeter definitely, and I'd, I'd still say Wasp because Wasp rested a few players here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back row they rested Nathan Hughes and James Haskell. Yeah, so huge. It, it, that is massive. The amount of work that those two get through and the carrying, the amount of banter they yeah. get through. <laughs> oh, but the replacement isn't actually Stella. It's a guy. What's his face? Guy Thompson and Sam Sam Jones. The eight that got ceremonies that he picked up and threw on the floor by none, none other than Freddie Michalak. <laughs> so, do your own maths on that one. Did you see um, part of the motivation for Thomas Waldrum and part of the reason maybe he got a hat trick was he's allowed extra chocolate biscuits? Wow. I, saw, I saw Rob Baxter say that. that <laughs> now that he's scored three tries, we'll see. We'll see if the dietitian allows him some extra chocolate biscuits. <laughs> well, this is the same Thomas the Tank that told us his cheat meal was a chicken dinner. It's probably the best cheat, uh, best nutritional cheat meal I've ever heard of. As yeah. cheat meals go, yeah. Mind you, it depends what you're very, having. Very diligent. Fried he, chicken. He, well, yeah, fried chicken covered in, like, sticky toffee sauce. Exactly. Something mm. like that. That's not a great great balance. Anyone that was still maybe doubting that Exeter weren't the real deal can yeah. take, take a look at that performance. Exeter, definitely top fourth, the way things are going for me. Mm. Um, it's just, do you know what gets me? It's the sheer amount of points that they scored. I mean, that that is really impressive. Four tries in the first half, weren't they? Mm. Bonus point in the first half. And then Wasps very gallantly came back into it after probably the hairdryer treatment from Dai Young. Ultimately, Exeter just had too much. Too much up front and a bit too much out wide. I, I can't believe that the hashtag live fast, die young. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that, that, that we invented that. It, 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 did we? I don't well, know. Well, I, I, well, I used it last did, night. Did, did, Phil used it on Twitter and it got, a, it got a great response from our followers on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. And it, it made me chuckle. But um, did, you, did you just come up with that or is some, someone oh, must have done that before, have they? Me and Jay ages ago, I tweeted this during the World Cup. <laughs> me and Jay were talking about uh, it was George North's concussions. And Jay kind of said, I don't really care if he has 10 concussions. 
and can't drive a car by the time he's 40, providing he scores 100 international tries for Wales. <laughs> to which my response was obviously, well, live fast, die young. Very good, very good. Yeah, actually, I don't care as long as he does score 100 tries for me. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need him for? What does, it, what does he need himself for? Oh, dearie me. Um, <laughs> so how was your game at the Gardens, Tim? It wasn't at the Gardens, it was at the... It Re- was at the Gardens, sorry. Re- so yeah, I was, I was reporting for BT Sport. It was, it, was, it was an interesting one. So Bath and Northampton both going into that game after Friday night's match, they were in 8th and ninth position. Yeah. And now, put it in perspective, Northampton last season finished top of the table in regular season and only lost five games and they'd already lost three in their first five matches. Uh, same number of defeats for Bath. Bath are now staring down the barrel with four defeats, two at home. Mike Ford, I posed the question, I said, you know, you lost your points from personal errors and scrum penalties, maybe things you can control. And he went for the the referee and was absolutely livid about the way I hate he, that. the way that the scrummaging was refereed. Mm. But it was it was yeah. things that they could control, like you say. And so he needs to focus on, on those elements rather than blaming the referee really yeah. well it was also um, Luther Burrell's birthday yesterday was well, today, it which was it will ex- which will link which will neatly link into why George North gift wrapped <laughs> him Ford. Gift George Ford yeah. oh what am I doing George <laughs> Ford gift wrapped him a pass yeah. yeah so I mean I think that was a very avoidable defeat by Bath by the way next time you look at Luther Burrell on a field have a look he's got incredibly long shins Sorry, <laughs> I just—I know it's an odd Sorry? observation, but I noticed—I noticed during the game, shins. his shins are really like disproportionately <laughs> long. Wow! So, isn't your brother one of your brother's nicknames? Shinzy. Shinzy is my brother's nickname because his shins are ridiculous. And, he, and, <laughs> and his um, That's a ridiculous nickname. His uh, his Shinzy. Uh, my nephew, my new nephew, is just a uh, you know about a month old now. Long shins. He's got ridiculous shins. <laughs> Wow! wow. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it's not something I normally notice. I've never noticed anyone's shins. <laughs> well, you will now. Next time you see Big Loof, um, when I meet when I meet your, uh, meet your brother now, I'm just not going to be able to take my eyes off his shins. It's going to be weird well, for well, him. Well, listen, right? Let's go back to Northampton Bath because Northampton had young English front row players that dominated. Or at least had the ascendancy, and just they laid the foundation for that Northampton win. And yeah. Kieran Brooks is a ridiculous specimen. He's huge, isn't he? He's, he's scrummaging though, because yeah. he's no, not really any bigger than Henry Thomas. Uh, but oh, he is. He is. Do you reckon? Yeah. He's huge. And he Henry is. Thomas he's is like, huge as well. Yeah, Henry Thomas is huge, but Kieran Brooks is like a silverback. He's, he's. <laughs> you know, you know how it's shape, silver, isn't it? You know how silverback gorillas have like the, 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 almost the smallest part of their body is the top of their head, and it just gets bigger as it goes down. <laughs> That's what Kieran Brooks is like. He'll continually wider to, continue. the, to the to the base. <laughs> he's. he's <laughs> Neck is wider than his head, his head, and his shoulders. Most people's necks are wider than their heads, you know. I don't sorry, know. Neck, no. No. Sorry, shoulders. No, yeah, neck, shoulders. Neck. Please, please cut that out. I'm having a mare today. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm having an absolute mare. The Waller brothers. Yeah. Mike Hayward. Yeah. Kieran Brooks. Paul Hill. Corbusier is out. Knee surgery again. Now, wasn't this what Brian Smith said to everyone? Yeah, about three seasons ago, he said he's got no one listens to him. A regenerative knee problem and he's done kind of thing mm. but we speculated whether that was just Brian Smith trying to keep hold of him not have loads of clubs coming after him or whether it was the truth since then he's been injured an awful lot hasn't he pretty much constantly I think his last game was England-France 
Yeah. And before that, I don't know how many games he had. It wasn't many. It's like 14 games. Yeah. Prior to that. In two years. Northampton can cope. Bath. What do, what do they do? Is I don't, I don't know. The league's not done. Because of, the, because of the playoff system, you've always got a chance of getting into the top four. And they will. They will come back into it in some form. Now, Europe is also important because they face Wasps twice now. And two big defeats against Wasps would be terrible for the entire club mm. so I think it's a great opportunity for them to bounce back they're not in a terrible situation they've, all, they've already beat, beaten Leinster and I think what they need is confidence uh, the other thing I think as well is if this continues Mike Ford is definitely on the hot seat he's built up a lot of credit over the past few years but it's how long can it go And mm. I mean at the moment they're sitting in ninth in the premiership just say he didn't make Champions Cup next year. Say he doesn't make top four, which I don't think he will as things stand. Say he doesn't make Champions Cup. The minimum target for Bath would be top four. That, that would oh, be, yeah. That would be the minimum. Uh, absolutely. At the start of the season, well, start of the season, they would have said, we want to win. We want to go one better. We're winning. We've got the players. Yeah. We've got the players. We've got the experience. We can win it. Top four is... It, they'd actually see that as probably a defeat. Mm. If they just got yeah. to the semi-finals, that's, that's a loss. Would so, the, so not to make top four is is big. Would you agree with me that when you watch Bath, almost more than any other team, they rely on the talent of, the, of their individuals to do something, do something magic. And as soon as you close them down, they don't have structure and they don't have... Well, and I that's why they're fun to watch. I don't know. I think they've been quite similar to how Northampton play in a, in a lot of... Their set piece, their forward pack... Yeah, have, last have, season have been just the, the the basis, and then they've got the, the star, they've got the stardust they sprinkle on top. They had that really solid base, and it allowed them to to play a bit more in the backs, and allowed them to use that star potential. They've not consistently had that up front platform, and then George Ford's form hasn't been great, and so he's not been given the opportunity for the men outside of. Imagine him. if Reese Priestland gets a start at ten. And Ford gets dropped to the bench. It's over. For, it's over for uh, uh, for Bath right there. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Saracens keep rolling on. Oh, I love watching Saracens now. They're, they're becoming quickly one of my new favourite teams. It was I, it was funny earlier. Let me just explain. JB put a bet on the game ah! today. What was your bet, JB? Okay, I don't understand betting. That's that's the first <laughs> thing I'm going to say here. So, I wanted to bet to say that Saracens were going to win by more than 21 points. That that's what I. That's what I hoped. Anyway, what I ended up doing is saying they're going to win between 21 and 25 points. So with a few minutes on the clock, uh, me and Phil were down here in the rugby dungeon just getting ready and we could three hear... Three minutes on the clock. Three minutes on the clock. We could hear JB upstairs and all we heard was... No! <laughs> no, 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 no! <laughs> and uh, the intercept try meant that your bet was lost. And then they scored again, <laughs> amazingly. Yeah, so, so in could... three minutes they scored two, two tries. I tell you what, they are such a good team. Uh, they're, they're not underrated because everyone knows that they're a good team, but they're underappreciated. And people, I was listening to uh, BBC Radio Newcastle on uh, uh, Five Live Extra when I was driving to the second half, and the commentators were quite negative about the way they play and say it's, it's attritional, pragmatic rugby. It's no, nothing like that. But we don't see it as a negative. It's, it's a positive mm. because they they play this brilliant game where it's analytical. And they play in the right part of the pitch, and they create the platform for them to score some some good it tries. Really is. I mean, they had a period of play 
where Newcastle had the ball for 16 phases. And Newcastle went from the halfway line to maybe the 10 metre line, then back to half halfway line. And you uh, and Saracens just looked so comfortable and controlled. Watching Saracens, it looked like they've been there a million times before. Like they mm. practice this over and over again. They know what's coming, and they just don't care. They fill the field. You completely forgot to play your sound effect, JB. There you go. There you go. It's how rugby's been played forever. Territory, and then you open up and go for it in the right area. George, l- look if you want to see. Yes. <laughs> if you want to see the effect of what happens when you try and deviate from that, yes, it can work out. But equally, Luther Burrell can canter in unopposed under your post exactly. and score score a try, which wins the game against Bath. Well, this all comes from I think this RFU madness where they say just play what's in front of you, like there's some sort of you know high functioning or autistic rugby savants, and they're simply not. <laughs> you know, it's he's got to be played down in. In, in, in the opposition's half and that's the end of it I have played in teams you've played in a team Phil where that, that was very much not the philosophy I've played in a team at, New, at Newbury I think it was in National 1 at the time and uh, Ben Ryan had a very very different, different philosophy is he, still, is he still with Fiji as a yeah. sevens coach yeah so he's yeah. a former England sevens coach anyway if that's not the easiest job in the world I do not know what it is <laughs> comfortably won the Dubai sevens yeah, this weekend did yeah um, did he even go or did he just send the team and his, <laughs> his whole philosophy was we're doing this for fun there was a little Little bit of pocket money, but you know that's not, we're doing this for fun. So let, let us enjoy ourselves. And it was go. If you see it, go. Oh well, there's no but, coach but, but the in the history point... of the world that's ever said if you see it, don't go. That's true by definition. If it's on, play it. Graham Dorr, former Plymouth Albion <laughs> coach, front five player running with the ball it was outlawed it was no <laughs> it, it, was, it was actually outlawed and look the, for contact it was look for contact <laughs> it was uh, kick the ball into the corner and then the 15 man mall he was the kind of the guy that sort of uh, like that. pioneered the 15 man mall wow forward thinking because men dare to dream yeah did anyone watch the Leicester Worcester game or has anyone seen the like, extended highlights? I have seen the highlights. I've, yeah. se- I've seen some highlights of that. That was um, oh, but by the way, because you, you mentioned the BBC before we got to that one, you mentioned the BBC commentary team. I, I listened to on the way back from Bath. I listened to uh, the Exeter commentators on BBC Sports Extra, and um, they sound like they don't know any player that doesn't play for Exeter Chiefs. They called <laughs> Salosi Tangy Thackenbau. Yeah. They called him Sally. Tau-thau. <laughs> <laughs> you can let, I'm not making it up. You can li- you can listen back if you are inclined to check. That's what the BBC uh, Exeter or BBC Devon commentators called him. And Charles Piatau was Charles Powtau or Charles Pitau. They called him a lot of the time. Anyway, so it really annoyed me because every time Tangy Thackenbao oh. got it, it was Tau-thau. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Uh, did you see the yellow cards for Don O'Callaghan? O'Callaghan. Uh, he got two two yellow cards equaling a red. The second one was a nailed on yellow was card. Was it for just extreme banter? It w- well, maybe, <laughs> actually. So one of them was for collapsing a wall. Um, to me, 100% yellow card. And was it, it was five yards out, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, that's a yellow card. The first one that he got was apparently for leading with his head into a ruck. <laughs> which, you know, I mean, he doesn't hit, any, it doesn't hit anyone. It looks like he's dry-humping someone. Because he, he's just kind of grinding on the, on the top of this player. Thinking, what on earth is he doing? So, extreme banter, yeah, I'll give him that. Extreme banter. <laughs> he looks insane. Because right? I think what they're saying is he's trying trying to headbutt a Leicester player somewhere but in doing so he's rubbing his whole body up and, like, up and down <laughs> very very odd maybe just keep it warm it's another cold day <laughs> yeah. but this uh, until that that red card 
Worcester were in the ascendancy. It's it, 20 points to 12 up. But they played a whole half, effectively, with only 14 men. Uh, no, yeah. actually, well, because they had four yellow cards plus a red, I think. Four, four yellow cards. I think Cox went. Milasinovic? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd go with that. Milasinovic? He did a better job than BBC, uh, BBC Devon. <laughs> Mills off. Team would have done. <laughs> Mills eight. <laughs> they scored two tries in the last ten, including one in the 79th minute to take the bonus point away from. Chris Robshaw met met with Yoda, Eddie Jones. Did, did he? After the game, they had a, they had a little chat, apparently. Oh. Uh, Eddie Jones said it was one of his first jobs when he finally got to England was to have a chat with Chris Robshaw. Well, I mean, you've got to suck your captain soon, right? <laughs> 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 Clear your desk. P forty five. But uh, Quinns again. In fact, uh, let, let, no. let's, let's just have a little pause and t- we'll talk about some other games in a bit. We yeah. should. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a pause for two things. Yeah. What you're going to do, and also you might notice there's a suspicious package on the table. Oh wow. Uh oh. Do I need to get some festive music? <laughs> um, I'll get the music, Tim. No, 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 no. Sorry, right, I've got. I'm going to get the theme tune from Home Alone. Oh, nice. Oh, very, if it's what I think good. it is. I think it might be what you think it is, Tim. Oh. Been, it's wonderful stolen. I've been baking this weekend. Yes, Phil, thank you. There you go, have a slice a for slice you, Tim. A slice of stolen from Phil. And a oh, slice for you, JB. Lovely, oh. bit, lovely nice bit of mar- marzipan chunk in the middle there. Mmm. Mmm. That's excellent. It really is excellent. No, that stolen fill is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Mm, that's really good. Man, very good at this. Man, considering you do it once a year. Mm. Mm. Now people have got to hear us eating. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell well, you what. Now, it, JB, you you would have liked this. The recipe actually recommended this. Re- recommended that this is served with molten butter. Mm. Poured, poured all yeah. over it. Uh, I don't know a single thing which shouldn't be served with <laughs> molten butter. It's like that question. It's a, it's a good question. Can you think of any food that isn't improved by the addition of cheese? Mm. There's nothing really. Molten butter's pretty much the same. Mm. Yeah, agreed. S- s- chuck a bit of butter on it. And it's molten butter better. works both sweet and savoury. Mm. Because cheese doesn't always work with with the sweet. Oh, it does. Always. It doesn't always. Not always. Not che- always. Cheesecake. Cheesecake, definitely. Uh, well, how about a slice of cheese on apple pie? Try that. Yeah, they do that in, in Lancashire, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. And also, they have cheese on fruitcake. Fruitcake. Yeah. I, that is weird, but mm. somehow I, you know, Wednesday, I get da- Wednesdaydale with fruitcake. Mm. Yeah. Now, what I have for you is some... Right, okay, let me just set the scene, okay. So, we've been talking for quite a while now, and it's our new sort of campaign, if you like. So, we've had campaigns before where it was like, come on get boots worn in promotional shots rather than trainers so it just looks terrible when you wear a full rugby kit with trainers and genuinely and this isn't an exaggeration we have actually changed rugby there because Mm. Canterbury for example insist all their players now wear boots as a result of our campaign and others are catching on Super Rugby kits that were launched this week all the players were in boots Super Rugby kits and and the Antipodeans they've been the worst offenders Mm. at it horrendous so so we've changed rugby we've also been saying and I think we need like a slogan for this but I don't know what it is but it's like keep rugby tough or something like that keep rugby tough or Mm. something like that okay it's not not as good a hashtag as live fast die young but um (laughs) 
Um, as in Die Young the Wasp Boss, in case you... Because it works better written down. Uh, anyway. It definitely, do, it definitely <laughs> yeah. does yeah, it does work better written down. Uh, but Brian Majati is sort of, seems to be joining our campaign, if you like, um, complaining that rugby is going soft and that players are starting to dive in a way that footballers do. Just have a listen to what he had to say on his latest video diary. A little bit worried about the wound. I've got a game in like two days, but it should be fine. Rugby's not so dangerous anymore anyway nowadays. Remember in rugby was a game where you ran around just trying to hurt people? Hmm. Pretending they didn't hurt you. This is Waterman flavor. Nowadays it's all about player welfare, health and safety. Don't touch his neck, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you and Mujati been hanging out, JB? Oh, I wish. <laughs> he only lives around the corner now. He does, yeah. It's like me spotting him at like bench press. <laughs> good luck, build, good luck yeah. with that. Building a wall together. You know, doing, doing hunting. So it just it does sound like a, a JB manifest, rugby manifesto. Like he put his own music to back of it. Just oh yeah, you are. He obviously puts his own music to yeah, back of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The production it. values are quite good. Yeah. I tell you, you've not lived until you've been aware of Loftus First Falls with your head in a ruck, screaming at the ref. He's holding on, and suddenly out of nowhere, a certain 125 kilo second row comes flying in and hits you. You know that meaty part of his shoulder, right on the back of the head. That's the bony part of his shoulder. So isn't hard it? that you spit out your mouth guard, and in that moment you stick your head out the ruck, your eyes roll watching, and then you look up at the clock and you realise, shit, it's only been. 10 minutes to the game that was right he's talking about Dean Grayling there sound, sound like a game at Broughton Park JB sound like much identical <laughs> <laughs> how many 125 kg second rows have you got at, at BP oh three or four three or four <laughs> I remember a time when you're Andrew Merton and Stephen Larkins were kicking up and under so high is he high pardon is he high it's just weird this. the whole thing is weird because it's like rugby knowledge but then interspersed with these little personal comments about you know how his protein t- uh, shake tastes <laughs> and I don't care it's got to make money it's, not, it's not even stolen <laughs> and like nowadays it's like whenever somebody kicks up an under or puts in a big hit you'd swear there was a sniper in the stadium these boys just go down and they stay down waiting for the ref to come running along dangerous play yellow card I mean people cheat so much and then they, and you people say oh well I don't watch football because of all the diving and cheating rugby's the same wow he's really on one here yeah he's I really on one I hope Steve Diamond doesn't listen to this. One thing I do like about rugby, and it's, it's one of the elements that I would want to preserve, is that you know you watch BT Sport or whatever, and you see the ex-players and even current players coming on, and they have a laugh at Andy Gutier and <laughs> at, at other things as well at themselves. Yeah. And and you want people to have opinions and to be big characters, and he's he's a big character, big unit, and a big character. And he and um, I quite like that he's saying what he thinks. It, it, he's maybe gone a little bit far on that uh, the diving and the play acting because I'm not quite sure that's what I'm seeing th- to the extent that he's mm. he's suggesting there. Uh, and stylistically, I'm just not comfortable with his background music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we really should get Moo John, shouldn't we? Uh, well, he doesn't seem like a guy that runs his uh, <laughs> that runs his media th- through the sale press <laughs> office. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and sort it out, boys. I'll try and sort it out. You can sit there. We'll try and get Moo John. Yeah, if you can think of a good like hashtag or a good campaign line for us, keep rugby tough. I don't know if that kind of captures the feeling of it. Anyway, that really mm. was good, Stolen. Wonderful. <laughs> good. Wonderful. Was it not? Was it not all right, JB? You haven't finished it. I'm taking my time. Okay. 
Right, before we go back to the rugby, should we? Um, we were going to do something with the hair, weren't we? We're going to do a hair fifteen. Yeah. So we mentioned Andy Good at the very start with his scullet uh, being gone, and he's got new. He's farmed the front of his head. <laughs> <laughs> farmed the back of. Harvested the back of his head and, um, and ploughed the front of his head with, with, <laughs> with his hair. Um, I'm sure there's some analogy that works there. And but we loved his old haircut where it was the skullet, mullet at the back, skull at the front, and. Um, <laughs> So we were thinking, what are the best haircuts in rugby if we were going to pick a, a rugby 15, a hair 15? And as I say, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, get in touch with us uh, and give us your suggestions because undoubtedly we'll miss some. I, I think looking at another picture and another thing we could m- maybe talk about is uh, the Talon centre pairing. Um, Bastero's hair at the minute would get him in with a shout. What, I don't know what, what you call that. As, it's like shea- It's like bald around the sides and the back and then just... Dreadlocks on top. Yeah, I don't think Bastro cares about anything though. He looks like oh. um, Booker T, the old wrestler. <laughs> uh, Booker T would be devastated. Yeah. I mean, what is this Booker T after like six months on the road? And, <laughs> you know, as a... Bastro has just signed a new five-year deal. What? Five, five years. Ye- five years what? are virtually unheard of in rugby. If I was, are they in... thinking of converting him to prop in two years? <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> like Ashley Johnson, yeah. move, move him up front. If I was the director of rugby in charge of Bastaro, you don't want him to get complacent. You want to, you want to literally and metaphorically keep him hungry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good giving a five-year deal because he will just sit back, relax. Uh, I think this is a terrible, terrible idea. Well, if I was director of rugby, virtual. I'd be tempted to make him my highest paid player. And I'm serious about this. I'd have a clause in his contract saying he can't be above 20% body fat. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd go for one of those clauses at all. Yeah. So he has to weigh in every month. As soon as he is, he has a, a pay decrease of about 20%. When you see him stood next to Mar Nonu, his new centre partner at Salon, you realise, you know, what a proper athletic specimen looks like. But... It doesn't really limit Toulon, though, does he? And he's very very unique. There's not, no one really else in the world that can do what he does. And when he's on form, I think he's, he could possibly be the world's best centre. I think that's a bit stretching a bit far. I, I, I don't. But he could still do that. Say he lost 15 kg, which, <laughs> if he's 125 kg, he could still be the size of Mar Nonu if he lost 15 kg. How many calories must he have? Because the amount of training they must do. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Your shout. Fargoran's host. Oh, that's, that is calorie dense. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Love foie gras. 
Yes, sorry, not a <laughs> Yeah, uh, hair, hair, hair 15, hair 15, let's go through it. So we're going to miss some, but our, our rugby podcast, so uh, Joe Marler was my loose head. I, Joe Marler, definitely. Uh, front row is um, always tough because there's a lot of bald chaps in the front row. Yes. Yeah. There's also, yeah, we could do a bald 15 on another. On there's another also week. a guy who plays for Tonga whose name I do not know, and he has just a little patch at the back oh, with yeah. a ponytail. Now, that, that is dedication. Yeah. Definitely him. <laughs> definitely him. Joe Marler's good because he had head work shaved in and yeah. then at one point he had uh, Jolly Hog which is Ollie Cone's sausage company that's right Joe oh, is it Jolly he had a and mohawk he, with, ah. with Jolly Hog and shaved he's had it, into and he's the had back. it blue and everything and green yeah yeah so Marler's in and then there's a lot of hookers yeah because Mullet Hyphen Dickie would have been in Mullet Hyphen not Dickie. anymore he looks like he's joined the army yeah uh, he, he would have been but not anymore Hib, Hibs is a shout. Zarzewski would be yeah, another Zarzewski's shout. Yeah, on my list. Yeah, fine. Should we put in Zarzewski for looking like the, the prince out of Shrek? Well, you've also got to remember uh, you've got Adam, uh, Adam Jones and Duncan Jones. Oh, yeah, Adam yeah. Jones. Now, in some ways, Duncan Jones is even more ridiculous than Adam Jones because he was blonde. <laughs> blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the other one, as a hooker, uh, Pullot now with his afro. Oh, yes. He's quite cool. Who? Pullot now. Pullot now, Australian. Um, oh, okay. No, I couldn't remember the name. What was the name of the... the I think he was at Toulon. I don't know if he still is. But, yeah, I think he still is. The second row who's got, like, a proper Last Samurai-type head. I know exactly who you mean, but I, I can't oh, remember Oh, Ross Batty as well at Hooker. Oh, Ross would be Batty, a new one with, yeah. his, with his new shave around the side top knot. He went from, went from looking like Wurzel Gummidge to a uh, trendy hipster. <laughs> like he'd come, just <laughs> strolled out of a bush, sleeping in a hedge for a couple of months. <laughs> uh, Suter? Suter, that's it. Yes. Who, who else have we got in the row? Radiki Samo. Oh, yes. But he's Ooh, a utility, yeah. second row, back row, wing. Yeah. Who was the guy in... Uh, Big Booth Bath. Was it... Oh, not... Uh, he moved to, Ex- to Exeter. Lots of tattoos. Horrendous oh. hair. Um, well, I want to say Welsh Coldwell. Or Ryan Coldwell. Coldwell. Ryan Coldwell. Ryan Coldwell. Proud Ulsterman. Don't you know? Oh, they're all proud, mate. Pride. All proud. Pride right, Ulsterman. So I've got two rugby <laughs> um, rugby cliches. Uh, one is the proud Ulsterman. Yeah, you never hear uh, Ulster fans described as anything other than proud. <laughs> proud Ulsterman. Hear the cowardly Ulsterman. <laughs> um, and the other one is emotional hacker. <laughs> I've never seen a non-emotional hacker. Look at that deadpan hacker. But it's, for, it, it's Wait, no, we, we should do this because I bet there's other fans that are described in, uh, <coughs> or other teams or fans or something that are always described in a particular way. Well, that. there's always um, hard, um, hardy Newcastle fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or long-suffering Newcastle yeah, fans. Yeah. And lo- long-suffering <laughs> Pro 12 fans. <laughs> So, yeah, if your fans are always described as something or there's other groups or players or whatever, then at Rugby Podcast, let us know and we'll, we'll add them to our little cliche list. The hacker, though, it's like the multi-purpose tool. Mm. Funeral, <laughs> wedding... Yeah. Bar mitzvah. Yeah. Bar mitzvah. <laughs> Throwing a quick hacker for a bar mitzvah. First day at work, hacker. <laughs> I bet Richie can't wait to start his job as a helicopter pilot so he gets a hack- honorary hacker when he yes. starts. Oh. Okay, back to the second row. Yes. So, Suter and Radiki Samo. Yes. With honourable mentions to Paul Tito and Victor Matfield. Nice. Victor Matfield's got a great head of hair. Back row. Yes, he has, doesn't he? Um, Daniel Leo. Daniel Leo had a big booth. Leo? Yeah. I like, I think we should have Jerry Collins in here. For, oh, for yeah! The, for the Guinness. Yeah! Things with Jerry Collins, you then have to put in. Um, uh, what's his name? Is Chris Mossoy. Uh, Chris Mossoy as well for, do, for doing it yeah. with one game. <laughs> Josh Navidi's got an unusual haircut as well. 
Dreadlocks. Oh mm. yeah, Dreadlock. He used to have like the Nova- 1990s Nirvana style undercut. Oh my word, yeah. I didn't realise it was so bad. Yeah, it's not It's not pretty, is it? It's not Dreadlocks as such. Well, it is. It, it is. There you go. Uh, scrum off. I struggled a little with Yeah, with I did. Off. I've gone for a... Um, Pete Stringer. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> the only one I mentioned this, because now it's everyone has um, high and tight. But Danny Kerr was, was... The original high and tight. He was the original high and tight. Yeah. Uh, but it's so prevalent now. The one I've gone for... That's not who I'm looking for. The one, the one I've gone for is uh, Sean Long, Ruby League scrum half. Oh, yeah. And he, at one stage, turned up with like a ridiculous beard and mohawk combination. Mm. Oh, there. wow. Oh, and, God, and he's had dreadlocks as well. Oh, he's had some horrendous haircuts. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that one. <laughs> and this is what happens, isn't it, when no one... When no one tells when no one tells you like you look stupid when you're so good <laughs> you're beyond reproach. For most people, what happens is you get to a certain age, and I'm, it's, it's not an age, but just something happens at some point. You wake up one morning and it's like this is the hair I'm having for the rest of my life. There comes like a, a threshold when you never ever change your hair ever again. Yes, yes. You've had some interesting haircuts, though, Tim. In fact, we might we might have put you you in at six because you don't have the Manchester booth on. Um, on. Oh, when you had like in your early radio days, you had like the, the Oasis just over the ears. Oh God, yeah. What do you mean? I oh did. God, yeah. That must have been a, a, a substantial part, part part of your entire life. I had a bit a, of a, a, a Brit, Weller, a Britpop Weller type mock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Andy Good captain with his skull at ten. I love the way that you <laughs> yes. that, that you presented to forget that. Bearing in mind, you know that you know that we know that you used to work in an indie station, and it's a big part of your life. And you somehow thought you could throw us off the scent. <laughs> I, I did at one stage have a blonde mohawk. Did you? Did you? Yeah, uh, at uni uh, there was a tradition for the year-end game. Uh, all of the Lancaster boys would dye their hair blonde. Just shaved it into a mohawk for for a while. Lads, yeah. uh, right? And, uh, Andy, Good. Andy Good's skullet at Captain, ten. Yeah. Bastero's a, t- a contender in the centre. Yeah, you could have Bastero and Nonu. Oh, have you just Nonu? Uh, hasn't Quade Cooper had some interesting styles? Yes, he has. He's just had interest in everything. Back in the Toulon side that um, comfortably won over the well, weekend. Well, apparently the reason he wasn't in there is he was on holiday. He was going back to uh, Australia for a bit of a rest. No, it doesn't sound very restful, does it? Like a week off and t- four days of that is spent flying. <laughs> Transit. I mean, you've got to really like the A480. And he had a, he had a tough World Cup. A380. He played. A380, he had a tough World Cup. He played about 20 minutes in seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Quaid could be in there. No, Honourable mention. He doesn't look good with the, that little mullet there, does he? No, in his early days... Yeah, he looks a bit like Gavin Henson in that one. He wished. <laughs> Gavin Henson. Gavin Henson. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of bad, how, bad how hair. How did we miss Gavin Henson? Well, we could slot him straight in at twelve. Now, let's talk about Gavin Henson. His original hair. Well, when it was like when it was like Peter Andre style oh. slick curtains. No, so oh. we had slick. Well, he has had that. He's had like the Judderman, do you know, the Mets Judderman, like silver pointy hair. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I by that. far my favourite was like the Buffon. Like it was kind of uh, <laughs> bulbous. I mean, try, try, try <laughs> find a picture of it. It's, it was quite an amazing effort. 
He looks dashing there, doesn't he? Oh, look at that. He's about to pass the ball in that one. <laughs> no. He looks good now. He does Wh- look good which, now, doesn't he? Well, we need to, actually, we need to, hold on. Right. That's just reminding me of something else we need to dis- talk about in a second. Let's rattle okay. through these. So we got, okay. let's, let's go Henson and Bastereau in the centre. Okay. Happy with uh, that. Um, wingers and, and fullback then. I've gone for a back three of Julian Surveyor with his high and tight top knot. Yeah. Henry Spate with his afro. Oh, yes. And... James O'Connor stop, at 15. Stop, You could have had the stop. Honey Badger as well. No, oh, Honey Badger. With the James t- Milner Scudder? Milner, well, Milner, Milner Scudder's Scudder. too similar to uh, Julian Surveyor. It's oh, one, no. One, one or the no, other. No, no, he's the all whole, over the show. The whole New Zealand backline just looked like... <laughs> Apart from Conrad Smith, <laughs> they look, they the accountant. Look, they look like lads that you'd find in that bar in town. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> you all know what I'm saying. <laughs> with a... T-shirts that are just a little bit too small. Yeah, with, for them. with a V-neck, um, V-neck, really tight T-shirt. <laughs> uh, well, my fifteen was James O'Connor because the, the, they'd stage, be in, sorry they'd be in a bar where the waitresses bring over a bottle of vodka, an oversized bottle of vodka with with um, fireworks attached to the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a big commission check from uh, you know their recruit their their recruitment <laughs> consultancy job. Yes, nailed it. Bonus time. Let's have some wings. <laughs> Right, wicked. Um, James O'Connor at 15, because at, oh, w- at one point he had a braided high and tight top knot. Oh, oh, what about wow. Jack Noll? Which is awful. Oh, oh Jack, Jack Noll! Right, so Jack Noll was in the BT studios today. <laughs> I kind of like, made myself laugh a little bit. Because I was thinking, like, do you know when you go in for like, hair, and make- uh, hair and makeup, do you think he goes in completely unmade up and he instructs the, the hair lady, can I have a tiny braid coming down here, please? <laughs> this long bit's got to be braided. And then just a little bit more shaved up here and she's completely baffled by the whole thing. Yeah. He brings it, brings in a picture of what he looks <laughs> Look at that picture of Jack Noel from last year's Movember with <laughs> a little moustache, a little pointy beard. Just a tiny braid, just a tiny braid. And <laughs> blonde, streaky yeah. braided. Oh, I completely forgot, Phil. I had a, I had a gift for you. I had the the stat pack. Oh. I'll, I'll give it to you another time. So, but I wanted to let you know. So, um, at BT Sport. So you get onto the the bus. And um, you have your little production meeting and stuff. And, uh, you know, Flats was there, Andy Good was there, Sarah. Flats was there. Elgan was there. Flats, yeah. Um, and all the rest of it, Alistair Eakin. But they've got these printed out, these little stat packs, and I've brought you one before. Yeah. But here's what I wanted to let you know, Phil. I met the person who makes those stat packs, oh. the, like, official rugby stat man, and I kind of thought, there is a my, job. I my know dream you, job. I know you're getting on quite well as a quantity surveyor and all that, but <laughs> there is a job out there as a rugby stat man. I mean, I like I like construction. I like quantity surveying. But if I could just stare at rugby stats nine to five, oh, I'd do it more than nine to five. Wow. Yeah. Seven days a week. Usually Let's see if, if the I Twitter handle Optifil is available. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can. Uh, anyway, is you, every, a man's got a dream. You got to be careful about being being a stat man. Do you remember what happened to the uh, Northampton stat man? <laughs> oh yes, I did. I, I read that. What um, happened to the, the Northampton trans- stat man? The transcript from that the other day. <laughs> he got done for uh, performance <laughs> enhancing drugs. <laughs> he got. He got <laughs> before, hold on. Performance enhancing. This is one of the most like he was it's it's some, the a stories. stimulant that meant he could read more stats quicker. No, he was on like uh, like um, cognitive um, cognitive drugs and uh, anything like that. <laughs> what should I just tell you what did happen? No, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like t- t- with a new fabricating. Yeah, yeah, come on, let's okay, go. Let's on. go with facts. So what did happen? He was an amateur player for Luton and did uh, stats for Northampton on the side. 
he had been out on a Saturday night and done some drugs, ah, yes. some uh, recreational drugs, and played an academy game. He got called up to the bench because he was travelling with the team anyway. He was a player. Oh, I remember. And they asked him to yes. sit as the twenty-third man. Yeah. And he played five minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. After which he was asked to give a sample, and his sample came back positive, and he received a two-year ban. Yeah. For that. Can oh, you imagine? I, I just uh, I can't reconcile the consequences to the action. Feel for him. Uh, you mentioning Gavin Henson. Uh, reminded me we have to decide who is big sexy in the world of rugby now because because <gasps> another one of your favourite players Mike Phillips retired from, international. retired from international rugby so in international rugby who is making rugby sexy because rugby got a little less sexy when Mike Phillips yes, retired yes it did but I don't think Mike Phillips can be replaced <laughs> so losing a child what about mini Mike does he come close no no one comes close that's why he is Mike Phillips. But you still you need to have what so because because it, it's not just being good looking, which you know there's plenty of guys that are dashing. It's you've got to have that sort of uh, it's appeal. You got yeah, it's, it's you, an eight. You've got to have that that whatever it is that Mike yeah. Phillips you've got to be has at got. Least that six means four. you've got to be unusually big and handsome for 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 your position, and you've got to have an incredible arrest record outside of McDonald's <laughs> and Cardiff. <laughs> Those are our criteria. <laughs> that last one really narrows it down. It does. It? it does. And he's not been arrested for anything he's done anything wrong. He's been arrested for being too sexy. Um, so, I can just imagine Mike Phillips being like a kissogram. Guilty. Like a Guilty police, officers. A policeman kissogram. <laughs> In another set, of, in another set of criteria, who who would assume Mike Phillips's mantle as making international rugby sexy? Wasn't there? Who's the underwear model that is a South African back player? Oh, Francois Hugard. Who? Yeah. And his um, his incredible girlfriend, fiance. No, mm. I'm, I'm not even going to. Sergio. This. Sergio. It, Sergio. I'm not in the same league. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to entertain this. <laughs> Sergio. There's no one. It's discussion. There is no replacement. There is no. There's, there's no one. Not even Sergio. Oh, what about JJ Engelbrecht? Even though he's not. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was thinking of. He's, uh, he's not played international rugby for a little while. And don't get me wrong, he's very handsome. But it's. I know what it is. It's how handsome Mike thinks he is as well. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have that kind of regard. Yeah. Well, what about. You've got, kind of, you've got a strut and know yeah, it. Yeah. That links. So there's a good story this week. Tom Evans played in the Dubai Sevens, not in the international com- competition, but in the. Isn't he retired? He retired in 2010 because of yeah. a serious neck injury, and and few- also just because being exhausted uh, by <laughs> Kelly Brook. <laughs> he spent a few years being an underwear Should- model yeah. slash Kelly Bro- Brook's plaything, and has now come back to uh, playing rugby. Good and for him. Scored two tries on his return to Sevens. He could, if he makes it back, he could replace. Could be the replacement. Well. No, no, he no, he couldn't. But <laughs> no one could. Lots of people will try, and you'll all fail. I, w- I would personally have Jamie Cudmore. No, no, sorry. Look at him though. He's just a brute, isn't he? Actually, do you know what? Jamie Cudmore is one of those guys. I was thinking about this when I, when I was sort of sat on the um, as, as a reporter of BT. I was sat kind of behind the Northampton bench, and so Kieran Brooks sat right in front of me, and so I saw this, the mass of the man, and I actually thought. He, it's like Kieran Brooks and I'd say Jamie Cudmore's another one that they're they're kind of guys that if we went back to a 
a sort of um, primal caveman type society where the biggest and strongest just take what they want and they win Kieran Brooks and Jamie Cudmore would be the kind of guys that just have like a harem of women going out and collecting oh, berries they would and run nuts the show. for them they would run the show <laughs> they would just run the show <laughs> um, right back to the rugby then Quinns I'm oh. really impressed by Quinns mm. I still can't make out if they're good or not Oh, I mean, they are good. They are good, aren't they? They play nice flowing rugby. I wonder if they've got a bit of a soft, soft, un- a soft underbelly, though. We'll see in the coming months. But everything that I've seen from them this season is positive. Very looking, and don't don't forget, they've not got to fight the Champions Cup battle, so they can very true. They can rest people for the the Challenge Cup. And I think and they do need their team up. I think mm. they need to as well because I don't think their strength and depth is that impressive. I also think having players that have been terminally injured, it feels like. Um, I'll give you an example. George Lowe, George is Lowe a is a tremendous player, definitely mm. one. Um, but he's always been injured. But when he does play, he's very exciting. And they've still got Jamie Roberts to make his debut. Oh, not, yeah. not featured yet. He's playing playing this week in, in the, the varsity in the, in the varsity match. Yeah, that Jamie Roberts has probably the most secure role at the moment in rugby. Imagine a Cambridge coach going, um, "Yeah, thanks, Jamie, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with that little runt in, in, <laughs> instead of your ridiculously big jawline and <laughs> six for four, eighteen stone." Frame. I know I've said it before, but if you're an uned- if if you're uneducated to rugby, and there's not many uneducated people in Cambridge, but if you're not okay with uh, rugby and you hear that there's a superstar Welsh international, you're going to be disappointed with Jamie Roberts because <laughs> when there's nothing on, he'll make three yards, and when <laughs> it's all open, he'll also make three. <laughs> he will guarantee you three yards, but that, but that's it. <laughs> He'll get over the gate yeah. line. He'll be very efficient. You've got to be a bit of an aficionado to appreciate Jamie Roberts. What does he do when he does he? Uh, uh, now I think about it, I can't find. I can't think. You can't think of many occasions where he's been in open space in front of him. Well, these players play him on the, on the wing. wing. He started mm. on the wing, wing fullback, yeah. and then Gatland because he's very clever decided to put him to 12 yeah. What, yeah. what a masterful masterful coach he <laughs> is but th- this game it's highlighted the strength of Harlequins but it's also highlighted the weaknesses of London Irish yeah I mean Irish had 17% possession in this game oh my word it was, wow. it was 38 nil until the 79th minute and they scored to make it well it's not even respectable but it finished 38-7 yeah they got problems reserve they have got problems Tom Coventry is realising how Difficult the Aviva Premiership is. Yes. Well, uh, also, I mean, I mean, I, I would just, I would just like to point out, you've been heavily critical of Dean Ryan in in the yeah, in the yeah, past, yeah. and he's doing a pretty decent job of Worcester. Okay. And you've always described Tom Coventry. Oh, London Irish will come good. They've got a great coach in no, yeah, They've got a great yeah. coach, great coach, great coach. He's from a good system. Oh, from six. I mean, we oh, don't really know if he's a good coach because he's never had the head role before. But his uh, his CV stacks up. Oh yeah, it and does. he worked under one of the best coaches in New Zealand, in Dave Rennie. So you can assume that he's going to be okay. Dean Ryan got got relegated. Let, let let's not forget. And Dean Ryan tried to. I mean, Dean Ryan, who obviously relies on his academy, is also the same man who wanted to spend how much money on Manu Tuolangi? One point five over four years. Oh yeah, we completely years. forgot to mention that. Signed up? No, he's not. He has resigned. This is going to come back to haunt Leicester. It really is, and and that statement is going to come back to haunt me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, there are certain players. Manu Tuolangi is one, and. The other one is Corbett Sierra, where they've been paid big money not not to play. And Tom, I think Tom Croft. 
Tom Croft, yeah, that's a great show. And I, th- and I think what's going to happen is, are these directors of rugby who give big money to players that that, that don't play are going to really, fi- really fi- find it difficult keeping their job? But they can come back, like Matthew Tate's one who came back. Oh, I'm not saying they come out the other side at all. Yeah. What I'm saying is, for the amount of money which you which you sign sign these players for, uh, what we're looking at for money to, to like, that's a sizable chunk of your salary cap. Four hundred fifty thousand is the alleged deal that he signed. It's a huge amount. Yeah. It's nearly one-twelfth of your entire salary cap. Mm. Um, So we've got problems for London Irish. Um, Steve Diamond, uh, it's it's not a problem. Sale are are competitive, but I don't know if they're... I I think they're always just going to be a mid-table team. Well, yes, perhaps. They've not got the fan base to propel them any further, I would suggest. If they're Mm. only getting 4,000 fans... I, I don't know what they could do to get I'd go consist- watch consistently more than ten thousand fans. If I could, if I could go, if I could get there, and the tickets weren't thirty-five pound each, or I mean, what, what is a ticket? It's about thirty quid. Isn't no, it? I don't think it's not that much. Not much. Yeah. and you can't get there. Yeah, that that is an issue. Well, so. no, it's become easier since less people have been going. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Yeah, so the market always that's always fun. Yeah, it's a good tactic then. <laughs> from from <the laughs> we got a problem with getting all of, all of our fans in and out. What can we do? Well, let's make it somewhat unappealing that half of them don't come back. Yeah, we'll play really boring rugby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I I quite I admire what Sale managed to do. Yes, like, like I, we all do. I do, but I think you're right. They'll be limited to mid-table. Yeah. But this Gloucester team is allegedly a good team. I'm not sure if they are yet. And this is an away performance. So there are two away performances, one at Quinns, one at Gloucester. And they've nearly come, come away with the win both times, which I think is really impressive. But the, you know, the, Before, they used to get bat- battered away and then scrape a few wins at home. What's played into sales hands both times is that the weather has been pretty awful mm. on those, those Friday night games. Um, Great work with the team, but yeah, they they are uh, simple game plan. They play it well. Uh, anyway, no, but the worry for them is that just going to have Tommy Taylor and then Mike Haley, Josh Beaumont, Ross Harrison. These players will be plucked away, and it's. I don't even think it's money. I think if you were if you were Tommy Taylor and you go, oh, I could I could go down the road to that team that are just Steve Diamond uh, fifteen thousand people yeah. playing it, beating Talon. Yes, yeah. So Steve Diamond in 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 the rain, in sale. Chase, chasing after me with his Alsatian. Exactly. Yeah, because he does that. That isn't a joke. He keeps his Alsatian. I, I like that. I really like that. <laughs> oh, I, can I like go, Steve. I've got, I've got time for Steve Diamond. Be looked after by someone like Mike Ford and uh, Bruce Craig in Lovely Bath. Mm. And by the way, it doesn't sound like um, Kennedy is much fun, fun to work for. Work for either. Trying to sell, he's trying to sell the club. So we'll watch this. We'll watch that. Mm, space how much have we got between us? I don't know. Could we cobble <laughs> together a consortium? Is that the Premiership done? I think so. I think, I think we've, we've, it out, we've yeah. finally got it. Um, y- y- the Super Rugby starting soon, and we mentioned it briefly earlier. We should do a quick stash update. Yes. New, new, the New Zealand sides have, have put their kit forward. Um, if you're to rank the kits, I like the Hurricanes one. Very simple. Yes and no. So yes, I thought I like the Hurricanes one too because I thought I like the simplicity of it. Well, black, it's not black so- across the shoulders, yellow. It- Body. Unfortunately, you're wrong. It's yellow across the shoulders, and that black looks like it's like a shiny black. I think it might. I loved it. I think it's it a pattern. Is it? Yeah. Look. Oh, oh there cool. is a there is a bit. It's, it's, it's grey, which makes it look shiny, ah. and I don't like that. But I thought if that's like a really gloss black, I'm I'm into that. There's um, th- some of the other ones are a bit busy for me. Well, the yes. chiefs the chiefs like uh, Maori detail. But there again, trip. the chiefs are all do have. Traditionally, quite a busy kit, so I'm not yeah. too fussed about that. I the, quite like that. The blues one's nice. No, no, the 
the Blues and the Crusaders, they've just copied Saracen's kits. Mm. Yeah. They've gone for the blended from the shorts, so red into black and It just, it just gives the impression blue. of a really high waistline. Yeah. It does. Like you've got your shorts pulled right <laughs> up to your ribcage. Here's, here's a question, right? A stupid question. And it, <laughs> it must be in the rules somewhere. What, that blended one is designed so it looks like the kit is a single, a single thing. So why aren't they playing rugby in basically leotards now? <laughs> because get, grabbing a shirt is one of the easiest things in the world. So if you didn't have to tuck it in, would that not be an advantage? We well, don't tuck your shirts in now, do you? The match fit ones. Uh, yeah, not, not really, because they're just so yeah. fitted and they just cut off. It's a two-man job getting it off. It is. Yeah. But you know, leotard. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? If you've got two men to do it anyway, you might as well put them in a leotard. No, no one actually uses the shorts to lift. It's only like in, in a really low-grade rugby when you get old men grabbing the oh. waistband of the shorts to lift. That is the one thing I do not, do not accept as a coach. I do not like to see any, anyone gra- like grabbing shorts in lineouts. I hate it. Either underneath or on top. And if they were wearing a leotard, you could really see the the definition of their physique. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. I remember well, being in a, in a leotard. In then, a, then we'd in see a club yeah. in in London, and Ugo Monia walked in in a lycra cat suit. <laughs> Were you joking? I am not joking. I am like I a am mor- not like a morph suit thing. Like a morph suit thing. Yeah. yeah. When, when why have you never shared the story with us before? You could see uh, every fibre. Oh, I think you have. It was the church. It was the church. I think oh, you have mentioned that before. Yeah. No, it's a fancy dress end of season do thing. Right. So uh, you would if you were Ugo, you would. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd go down for a pint of milk to the corner shop <laughs> in a cat suit if I if I looked <laughs> <Well>, like that. <laughs> Fine day for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which professional sports team first played in a leotard in a major tournament? Basically, a leotard. Uh, uh, was it like Cameroon football team? It was Cameroon football team. They're I think it was the same, the same kit which had cut off sleeves. Yeah, yeah. that puma vest. Puma, puma vest. vest. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. Uh, the only downside with the leotard is, I guess, it's hard for the fans to wear the replica kit. <laughs> <laughs> right, we should get on to the rugby for this uh, weekend coming because we've got European Champions Cup. Again, we apologise if you were a fan of a team in the European No, we don't. Challenge you, your Cup. team should be better. It's your own fault. Well, no, I'd say is when you look at the teams that get picked, if you can't take it seriously, then why should we? That's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what we've said. So, If, you, if your team's good, we all talk about it. Otherwise, we're not interested. We famously don't take the game too seriously. Yes, exactly. quite right. And we're so not taking the competition seriously. We're not taking the Challenge Cup too seriously. We are taking the European Cup very, very seriously. And we mentioned at the start the woes of Bath and the, the big fixture they've got. Let's start with that double header. Yeah, they're all double... F- so well, should we do it in chronological order? Because that's how our list is. OK, go on then. OK, Friday night, this is going to be a big win at Raisin Hill for... For someone. <laughs> for, for Ulster. I actually think this is going to be quite tight. Uh, Toulon aren't the force they want, they to, want to were. Yeah, that's uh, right. Sorry, Toulouse. Toulouse. And they're, Toulonese. They're in the new, new coaches. I don't think they've quite got a grip of what they Toulouse. want to do yet. Uh, and also Ulster at home, and they're not bad at home. Um, I think it will be a, a narrow to lose win. Um, fingers crossed for an Ulster win. Picked up a couple, couple more injuries this week. A bit more a storm. A bit more storm. Desmond going from one end to the other in uh, at Ravenhill. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, to lose. To lose won't be used to playing. Who, in those who decides the names of storms? Do you know the Met Office? Yeah. It's a very recent thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And there's also yeah. Desmond's not a bad name, but I, I do feel for people that lose property to weakly named storms. Storm Abigail Pathetic Destroyed my house (laughs) Damn damn you Abigail (laughs) Uh, Okay Right Yeah 
Ulster at home, we're all saying that. We're all agreed. Uh, I'm going to go Ulster at home. Yes, thank you, Tim. Okay, uh, then pool two on the Saturday. This is not necessarily in chronological order, but it's just as we're reading. Exeter host Claremont. Wow! I have no idea. Yeah. Last time I saw Claremont, they looked rubbish. But they did rest quite a few players against uh, Toulon. But why would they do that? But they and they were at home, so it's hard to get a gauge on them. Um, oh. what? Well, this is this is this is it for Exeter. Like the, again, we said this when they had Toulon in the group stages yeah. before. This is what it's all about. That's oh, yeah. have. Um, I am going to go for. I'm going to put my neck out there and say. No, I'm not. I think it's going to be a Claremont win, a narrow Claremont win. Ooh, I think I just can't see, just can't see him doing it there again. I couldn't see him beating Wasps by, you know, twenty points. So yeah, comfortable. I know, I know. I'm going to give Exeter the, the benefit of the doubt. I am going to go with go with Exeter. I'm going to say Claremont. I'm going to say Claremont. Just, but I think um, that'd be a great game. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Then at the same time as that, also in Pool Two, we've got Ospreys versus Bordeaux. Possibly <sighs> Adam Ashley Cooper's first game. Mm. That kit's nice, by the way. Bordeaux bagels. Have a look at that this weekend. It's really quite nice. Yeah, like white and maroon. Little, little look, maroon yeah. chevron on the front. I it like looks it. Great on their, uh, great, great, great on their props. Uh, <laughs> particularly Patrick, whatever his name is. Uh, Ospreys for me. Ospreys at home. Then yeah. Glasgow Scarlets. Now Glasgow's game was postponed because of torrential mm. rain. Thank, thank you, Desmond. Um, so we'll see if that game's actually on. Um, but you'd, you'd have to back Glasgow at home. Yeah. And in the same pool, Rassing hosts Northampton. Rassing. Dean Carter? Yes. <coughs> Dean Carter, who I, I don't think he was involved this weekend, no. from what I've seen. I'll go for Rassing. Rassing at home. Yeah, Rassing. I don't think Northampton are playing good, good rugby, full stop. Now, Northampton's pack, though. The way the, their defence is superb and their set piece is good, so. so but, they, but they're not scoring tries, are they? Then on to pool four. Yes. Treviso host Stade Francais. Nice. Parise back in Italy. Uh, to win Stade Francais will win that and yeah. then Munster hosts Leicester and Munster got hammered by the Dragons this mm. weekend 22-6 yeah but I looked at the Munster team sheet before they went out I didn't really recognise many of the players to be fair I think that you could say that for a lot of games this season for Munster there's there's not they've not got the huge names that say uh, Leinster, Leinster or, or even Ulster I, I, I went through the the Dragons Munster team sheets today Honestly, uh, I knew, must have known about three players from both teams, and like one of them was uh, uh, Tom. What's his name? The old hooker for Wales, who I can't even remember his name now. <laughs> uh, oh, and Boris Stankovic. I remember. Yeah, Stankovic. Uh, like the the old prop from Tigers. Yeah. So uh, so I I think Leicester have got a good good chance. I there. think Leicester will win that, and I think they'll probably win it comfortably. Yeah, and that could put because Leicester. I think they've got two bonus points wins so mm. far against Stadham and, and Treviso. This could, if Leinster win those that double header against Munster, that should put them definitely through. Yeah, I think Munster a year a year or two uh, a year or two away from becoming a, a real force again. Yep. Last three games onto the Sunday. Oyana host Saracens. Uh, I don't Saracens. know that, but yes. Saracens then uh, Toulon host Leinster. Leinster who've just had a week off because it was them supposed to be playing Salon who just battered, battered another team yeah, f- put 50 points on with Mar Nonu in their side yeah uh, Drew Mitchell scored a couple of tries Drew Mitchell yeah when you look at the, the, the internationals in their team yeah. which leads into the final game yes. one we wanted to talk about oh yes Wasps host Bath Wasps will have Nathan Hughes and Haskell back in that back row with George Smith which is a brilliant back row 
and they'll have Simpson back and mm. it'll be interesting to see whether they start Gopper for Jackson because mm. Jackson's been playing very well when well, he's had a bit of a mare yeah Gopper's not having the best season so I would start Jackson based on what I've seen I'm going to go on a limb and say this is going to be a big win for Wasps I, I'm thinking 15 points plus I'm also going to go Wasps I'm going to go Wasps I don't think it'll be by 15 points but no. I'm going to go Wasps it's, Bath we said it last week Bath have got to start turning their season around because they're not playing well they're not playing like we know they can play but I'm go- yeah Wasps Wasps at home with their big names back difficult times for Bath yeah tricky times we could look back on this and go do you remember when because they will come back but yes yeah. but yeah. Wasps is a terrible place to do it <sighs> yeah mind you Wasps I must have had their confidence shake, uh, sh- shaken this yeah. weekend. Also, Di Young described it as a, a, a wake-up call and a like you know everyone's been talking us up, but this is feet firmly back on the ground. We've got a lot to do. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, what a weekend of rugby we have got! And um, and we'll be back after it to talk all about it. In the meantime, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, tell you mates, um, cause all, we, all we, we we don't have we don't have a radio station or a, anymore or a television network or a uh, or billboards and adverts to uh, to shout about the podcast. And we do pretty well. We punch above our weight. Bearing in mind that it's uh, it's just you and us, and that's it. So uh, tell you mates, let them know uh, where we are. I choose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And ACAST at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Nice one, Philip. Cheers, Tim.